We'll turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 6. We're continuing our study of the book of Revelation, and that's what we call the final revelation of God. There's so much going on, and when we think about the, the Middle East and all the situation of the world, and there's just a lot of things going on. So here's John. He gets taken up into heaven, and he sees, uh, he sees the throne of God, and he sees this uh, scroll that seven seals on it, and the Lamb comes to, to open the scroll, and so there's so much there. So we're going to see God brings his final judgment to the world. That's what we're looking at. And this is, of course, a call of the tribulation, worst time in the history of mankind, worst time it ever will be. We'll talk more about it as we go through it. We'll let you see it as we, as we go through it. When you think about the Bible, think about this, how amazing the scripture is. It's one book, and yet at the same time, it's 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. And, and when you think about the Old Testament, you know, there's the, the, the law part and the, the history part, but then there's the prophets. And a lot of people have trouble with the prophets because when you start looking at it, you got major prophets and minor prophets, and you start reading it, and you go, wow, it says the same thing and this thing, and, and you get to the end and you go, I'm not sure everything I just read. One of the things that's true about the prophets is that it's really a twofold thing. All the prophets basically say there's a judgment coming and a restoration. And when you think about the Bible as a whole, that's the story of the Bible, how there was a judgment because mankind sinned and the judgment came that Jesus died for us. And then there's a restoration coming when he comes as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and all of that. And so even in the book of Revelation, as we study it, we're seeing that the book of Revelation, this, this part that called the tribulation is actually a judgment time. And then the Messiah will come as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So as we, as we think about it, this, this time that we're studying in the book of Revelation is showing this sort of thing. Let me give you an idea of where we are just to, get, to make sure you got the flow of everything. Uh, this, is, this is Old Testament, of course. Jesus comes, dies on the cross, pays for sin, rises again, sends into heaven. And then the church begins. That's us. Any time now, any second, Jesus Christ could come in the clouds, take us out. We call it the rapture. It comes from a Greek word, harpazo, which means to snatch away. Uh, the word rapture comes from a Latin word, rapio, and so it means to snatch away, and we're going to be gone. And then after that, there will be a man come to power who will make a peace pact with the nation of Israel. It will be for seven years. That's called the tribulation. One thing I want to remind you, the rapture does not begin the tribulation. The rapture takes the church off the face of the earth. The tribulation actually begins when this man of sin, which he's called the beast in the book of Revelation, when this man of sin makes a peace pact with the nation of Israel, that starts the seven-year tribulation time period. We'll talk more about that as we go through it. Of course, we're in that, that, that this is the tribulation time period. That's basically chapter 6 through 19 in the book of Revelation. Jesus comes back a second time to the earth as the King of kings, Lord of lords, rules for a thousand years, a great white throne judgment, then eternity. So so what we're looking at when we're talking about tribulation, we're talking about this seven-year time period. So beginning in chapter 6 this morning, we're going to be able to see that. In fact, what we're going to do is put the whole thing together. Now, I said that the church will be raptured out. How do we, how do we know that? Well, we look through the Bible and we see the, these great truths. Uh, but I just wanted to show you from the book of Revelation, we've talked about this before. In the first three chapters of Revelation, church is mentioned 22 times. Chapter 4 through 19, which takes place in heaven and on earth during the tribulation, church is never mentioned at all. Then in chapters 20 through 22, the, cha the church is mentioned six times. So when you look at the book of Revelation, when the book of Revelation is dealing with the tribulation, the church is never mentioned at all. I want you to just see that. Look, this is also a chart based off Revelation 119, where it says the things that you've seen, the things that are, and the things that will be. He saw, John saw Jesus, the things that are with the church, the Christ, the, uh, our time. Then most believe that when you look at 
at chapters 4 and 5 where John is taken up into heaven. It's symbolic of the rapture. We're up there. And then beginning in chapter 6, all the way to the return of Christ, in the book of Revelation is what's called the tribulation. So we're going to see that. And and it's, it's pretty powerful. The church is not mentioned in the tribulation. And we see there's, and I'll give you some other verses in a little bit that talk about how the church has taken off the face of the earth and we're not part of the tribulation and that suffering and the judgment that's coming. So we're, we're here in our book, starting chapter 6. So here raises some questions. I just want you to think about it. I've got a lot of background I want you to see today before we get into the book. I, one of the goals that we have as we study the book is I raise all kinds of things. I'm going to kind of put things together. I want you to see how Matthew 24 and 25 and Ezekiel and Zechariah and and First uh, and Second Thessalonians and the book of Revelation and Daniel. I want you to be able to see how all those fit together to put together what we call the end time events. Well, let's talk about why why in the world... Why does God bring the tribulation on the earth? What, what is going on here? Well, there's three things. But number one, it brings to end the time of the Gentiles. Now, the time of the Gentiles is when the Gentiles basically took over the world. And here's what happened. The Jewish people were, went, went, were captured by the Babylonian Empire in 605 B.C. There were three deportations, 605, 598, 585. They were taken off into captivity. That began, as the Bible calls it, the time of the Gentiles. And the Jewish people had been ruled by the Gentiles. They were by the Babylonians, been by the Medio persians the Macedonians, the Romans, all the way up to now, all this is called the time of the Gentiles. When the book of, when the tribulation is over, that will be the end of the time of the Gentiles. So one of the reasons for the tribulation is to end that. The second one is to prepare the kingdom because the kingdom's going to have believers going into it. There's going to be people in the tribulation who will believe. There'll be people uh, like us who will be coming into it, uh, coming into the kingdom. And so it's preparing for the kingdom. And the third thing, and this is a key, the third thing, it completes the responsibility of the nation of Israel. And let me just tell you something, and we're going to, I'll give you some slides and some things uh, further down the road. God came to Daniel in chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, and told Daniel that God was, God said, I'm giving you, the nation of Israel, 490 years to do certain things. And it start, he told him when it started, and it started. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, they had used up 483 years. That's what the book of Daniel tells us, that the Messiah will die at the 483-year mark. And Jesus died exactly at the 483-year mark. Now, he promised Israel 490. They have used 483. How many do they have left? They have seven. Those seven is the tribulation. And what happened is when Jesus died, God set aside Israel at the 483-year mark. He now uses us, the church. When he's completed up with us, he's going to take us off the face of the earth. He goes back to Israel, and he says, you still have seven years. That's why the tribulation is seven years long. It's called Jacob's Trouble. Jacob's other name was Israel, so it's called Israel's trouble. We'll find in Revelation chapter 7 that God uses Jewish people to begin the ministry. And we'll talk more about it. So three things. The end of the Gentiles, prepare for the kingdom, and finish Israel's responsibility. So we're going to get a lot of background before we get into chapter 6. So with that in mind, we saw Jesus 
go up to the Father and take the, seven se- the, the, the scroll with seven seals. And the scroll had the seven seals, and Jesus took it from the Father. Now, let me just show you something. So when there's, in the book of Revelation, there's seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. If you remember when we did the outline, this is the card. It's still outside. You can pick it up anytime you want to. We gave them out the very first Sunday we started Revelation. But if you remember, there's the things that, are take, that will take place, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowl judgments. And so the question is, how do they fit? When you read the book of Revelation, you go, how do they all fit together? How does this work? There's two views, okay? One view is there chronologically, that you have seven seals, then you have seven trumpets, and then you have seven bowls. There is a second view that says that the seven seals actually is a big overview of the entire tribulation, and the seven trumpets and the seven bowls fit in there. I happen But when I study this, the best I can tell, I think number two is correct. I think we're going to see, when we look at the seven seal judgments, we're going to see a panorama of the entire tribulation. This is uh, the, the events described in the seven seals cover the entire tribulation. One of my professors at Dallas Seminary, uh, put this chart together, uh, and, and he, he holds the weight we hold, which means he's right, of course. And so the, when you look at <laughs> the, uh, you see the seven seals, and that's going to cover the whole seven-year time period. Then the trumpets are going to come, and then according to the scripture, they're going to come in there. They'll have their time. Then the bowl will have their time. But what you notice at the end of the seven seals, at the end of the seven trumpets, at the end of the seven bowls, it's all exactly the same thing. It's the coming of Jesus Christ. So I think the best way to look at it, and we're going to see it starting this morning, is we're going to see the seven seals, which is the panorama of the entire tribulation, and then everything fits, out, fits up into that. So I think, I think, I think you'll, you'll like that. Now, here's something uh, that is amazing. And as I said, I'm going to try to give you as much information as possible. I know there's a lot here. And a lot of people think you can't study Revelation or you can't know what or you can't know how it fits together. You can and we will and we're going to put it together the best we can. I want you to understand something that the events of Revelation chapter 6, which is the tribulation, matches Matthew chapter 24 and 25, which is the description of the tribulation. You understand that Matthew 24 and 25, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, about the end times, basically, and he tells them, and, and it all ties together. And so uh, th- we, we see the overview of the tribulation. Uh, look at this, see how it fits again. This is the, the church and the rapture and the tribulation. All of that, that all ties together. So let me give you, uh, let me give you this breakdown. Uh, this is, let me go back, this time right here, This is details of this time. This is the seven, it's called Daniel's 70th week, but it's the last seven years. It's the tribulation time period. Let me give you an idea. The church is gone. There's a 10-king federation. It goes to a three-king federation. It goes to one man. That man, we call him the Antichrist. The book of Revelation calls him the beast. So most of the time when we read it in the book of Revelation, it's called the beast. And so at the beginning, he, the beast, the Antichrist, makes a peace pact with the nation of Israel. That starts the tribulation. Things look good at first. There's peace, or it looks like there's peace. 
And then God raises up 144,000 Jews who believe in Jesus and begin to proclaim the message. He raises up in this first three and a half years two witnesses that go in front of the temple and proclaim Jesus Christ. In this first three and a half years, uh, according to Ezekiel 38 and 39, Russia, Iran, and Turkey come together to attack Israel. It's found in Ezekiel 38 and 39. The, the Antichrist is supposed to be the one protecting them because they made a peace pact with Israel, but God destroys those three countries. This is all in the first three and a half years. Halfway through, the Antichrist or the beast sets an idol up in the temple as found in Daniel 9. It's called the abomination of desolation. It's also found in Matthew. He puts an idol up in the temple, demands to be worshipped as God, and demands everybody take the mark of the beast, 666, which is either here or here, and they can't buy or sell anything unless they do that. That's halfway through. The whole rest of the tribulation is called the great tribulation, and there'll be wars and famines and killings and great judgment on the earth. And then at the end, there's going to be a change, the sun, the moon, the stars, something's going to happen. Jesus is going to come back and set up the kingdom. That's how the tribulation fits together. I just wanted you to see that. Now watch, this will help you think about it. There's a peace pact made with a world leader. There's wars, there's suffering, there's physical judgments. The 144,000 Jews are set apart. Halfway through, the Antichrist or the beast puts his idol up in the temple. That's right there. Then the heavens will change at the end of the tribulation. The heavens will change the sun, the moon, the stars, and Jesus Christ will return. That's what we're seeing. That's what's going to happen in these six seal judgments. There are actually seven seal judgments, but the seventh one, you'll see what it is when we get to it, how it fits together. This is also what we find in Matthew 24. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to do something special. Hold your place in Revelation. Turn back to the Gospel of Matthew to chapter 24. Chapter 24. I want you to see how this fits together so you can be ready to give an answer. So we're going back to Matthew 24, 25, but it's actually Matthew 24 is where we're going to stay this morning. And I hope you're there. Everybody get to it. If you've got one of those electronic things, I think you can do it fast. If you've got a real Bible, you can uh, turn to it. But anyway, so look at that Matthew 24. Look what happens. I'm going to give you a quick flow. Jesus came out from the temple, and he was going away with the disciples, and he came out, and they came up to point the temple, about the temple buildings to him. So Jesus is coming out. They come up to him and they say, look at that building. Isn't the temple beautiful? And he said to them, do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down. And he said, they're all going to be torn down. So they get all bothered about it. And so notice verse 3. As he was sit sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things are going to happen. What will be the sign of your coming? What will be the end of your age? Listen, the sign of his coming is not the rapture. The church hadn't even started. He's talking about the second coming of Jesus. They're saying, tell us what it's going to be like before you come the second time. And that's what they've come and they've asked him that question. What is the signs of your coming? And by the way, it says his disciples came privately. It was Peter, James, and John. One of the other gospels tells us exactly who it is. And so what happens? And they ask the question, what will it be at the end of the age? What will, when will it be for this kingdom and all of that? 
And so watch what he says. If you remember what we just taught, watch what he says. He starts off by saying that there's going to be one coming bringing peace in, his, in the name. He says, chapter, uh, verse 4 of Matthew 24, Jesus entered and said, See to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will mislead many. Then he says, there'll be wars. Look at verse 6. You'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. And don't be frightened that these things must take place. This is not yet the end. Then he'll say, there'll be famines and earthquakes. For the nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places, there'll be famines and earthquakes. And all these things are just the beginnings of the birth pains. Then he says in verse 15, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, that's when the guy puts his idol up in the temple. Let the reader understand. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. They got to run for their lives. This is when the Antichrist comes to power, major power, and claims to be God. It goes on to say in Matthew 24, 21, for such will be a great tribulation. That's the second half of the tribulation. Such has never occurred since the beginning of the world and until now. And then look at the physical signs in verse 29. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. And then, verse 30, here comes Jesus, and the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. All the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of, sky, of the sky with great power. So basically, what Matthew 24 just told us is the same thing I just told you and I want to show you one thing. I want you to realize, go back to Revelation chapter 6, and I want you to realize that Revelation chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 24 go together. Watch. Okay? Revelation chapter 6, are you there? Look what he says in verse 1. I saw the lamb who broke one of the seven seals, and he came and he said, come. And then look. In chapter 2, there's a white horse coming in peace. That's the same as Matthew 24, 4 and 5. Then there's going to be a red horse coming with war. That's the same, Matthew 24, 6. In Revelation 6, there's a famine. That's the same as Matthew 24, 7. In Revelation 6, there'll be death and killing. There comes the Antichrist. That's the same as Matthew 24, 15 and 16. Then there will be the problem with the sun and the moon and the stars. That's the same as Matthew 24, 29. And there'll be great wrath and great tribulation. Matthew, uh, Revelation 6, 17, that's the same as Matthew 24, 21. I want you to understand that what Jesus taught in Matthew 24 is exactly what John is going to see in Revelation chapter 6. It all flows together. I want you to know this. I want you to be able to understand that when people start talking about the tribulation, you can say, well, it begins with peace, and then there's war, and then there's famine, and then there's this, and then the Antichrist puts his idol up, and there's this, and there's 140. And I want you to know that. I want you to be able to understand it because you can understand it. It fits together perfectly. And so we see that the book of Revelation and Matthew 24, which is Jesus teaching about the tribulation. Let me ask you, where would be the best one to go to if you wanted to find out about the tribulation? It would be Jesus. And he teaches it and is exactly the same as we find in Revelation chapter 6. So now we're ready. And so Jesus has now gone up to the Father and he's taken out of the right hand of the one on the throne. He's taken the scroll. And it has seven seals on it. And he's about to open that. And all of the information in, those, in that scroll 
is a panorama of the tribulation. And so if you ever said, I want to just kind of big, get a big overview of the tribulation, Revelation chapter 6, Matthew chapter 24 puts it all together so you can understand it. So what happens? Chapter 6, verse 1. Then I saw the Lamb. He broke one of the seven seals. And I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice of thunder, Come. So I want you to see something that it starts with the breaking the first seal. You remember that around the throne there were these 24 elders. And then there were these four angels, these four living creatures. And one of them had the face like a man and one like a cow and one like a, a lion and one like a bird. Each one of these angels is going to say something in these four, the first four seals. Notice seal number one. I saw the lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures. That's one of those creatures. He doesn't tell us which one. Saying with a loud voice, what does he say? Come, which is saying, let it happen. Let it happen. So they broke the first seal, and, and then here's what he sees. Look what he sees. I looked. And behold, it was a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow. And a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Well, who is that? Who's on that white horse? He's coming with victory and peace. That's what he's coming with. He's got a bow, but he doesn't have an arrow with it. Okay? And he's got a crown on his head. Well, a lot of people say, well, he's riding a white horse. It's got to be Jesus, right? Because in Revelation 19, 11, Jesus comes riding on a white horse. This isn't Jesus. This is the Antichrist. This is him coming to make peace. This is the beginning of the tribulation. This is him coming to the nation of Israel and saying, I will protect you. I will make peace. And Israel signs a peace pact with him. Notice it says he has a crown given to him and he went out conquering and conquer. He's taken over. And, and some people say, is it Jesus? No, it's not. He's gaining the victory. He's bringing peace on the earth. See, the Antichrist wears a crown, which is called a Stephanos, which means victory. Jesus wears a crown, which is called diadem, which means rulership. The Antichrist does this at the beginning of the tribulation. Jesus does his at the end of the tribulation. Antichrist comes to bring peace. Jesus Christ comes to bring judgment. So they're not the same. This is not Jesus. This is the Antichrist coming to bring peace on the earth or claim to bring peace. He's not going to bring peace because look what's next. Then he broke the second seal. And I heard the second living creature saying, we don't know which one it is, but he said, come, let it happen. And another, a red horse went out. And to him who sat on it, it was granted to do what? Take peace from the earth. And the men that would slay one another, and a great sword was given to them. So the second seal is a red horse, and the red horse represents war. And they take peace from the earth, and there's going to be wars all over the place. If you remember what he said in Matthew 24, verse 7, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. They'll be all over the place. Because the Antichrist says peace, but he brings war. And they begin to be judgment and war all over the earth. And, and by the way, the best we can tell, this is the, in the first three and a half years. See, some people say, first three and a half years will be no war. No, there's war everywhere. That's Ezekiel 38 and 39, there's war. There's war uh, brought out right here. I want you to see how it fits together. Uh, in the, this is the first three and a half years. 
There'll be the 144,000 Jews. There'll be the two witnesses. There'll be the peace pact signed. In Ezekiel 38, 39, they come to attack Israel. Then there's wars everywhere. Let me just put this up for you. Sometime you ought to read Ezekiel 38, 39. The best that we can tell is Russia, Iran, and Turkey form an alliance and come against Israel. And who's supposed to protect them? It's supposed to be the Antichrist. He doesn't protect them. God brings stones out of heaven and destroys the armies. You may have realized that Turkey, Iran, and Russia right now have already made a peace pact together, those three nations. Never before in history have they all been together. They are now. In the tribulation, they will come together to go against Israel in the first three and a half years. God will give the victory, as always. Well, then let's see the third seal. The third seal was a black horse. Then he broke the third seal. I heard the third living creature saying, and this, we don't know which one, but the third one said, come. And I looked, and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on had a pair of scales in his hands, and I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not damage the oil and the wine. Listen, what he's saying is, uh, a whole day's wage won't even get you some wheat. What? A Daenerys was a day's wage, and, 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 and I can't even get hardly anything. There's a famine coming, and that's always true. When there's war, when there, there's going to always be famine and suffering, and people are going to suffer all over the world. Now, let me say this again, and I made sure I said it over and over in the first service. We who have believed in Jesus Christ have eternal life. We will be taken out in the rapture before any of this happens. You will not have a part in this. You will not be on the earth and see any of these things. You may be in heaven. We may be in heaven seeing it. I don't know if we will or not. But we will not be involved in any of this. Only those who have never believed in Christ who are alive when the tribulation begins. That's what they will be going through. And there'll be famine. John Walbert, who was the president of Dallas Seminary, when I was there, here's what he says. He says, the situation would be such that a person would have to spend an entire day's wages just for food for one or two meals and nothing left over. Famine. Well, what's the fourth one? And here comes the fourth seal. Notice. Then the lamb broke the fourth seal. I heard the voice of the fourth living creature. So all four of those angels have a part in this saying, come, let it happen. I looked and behold an ashen horse. And who said on it had the name death. And Hades was following with him. Authority was given over him to kill a fourth of the earth, to kill with the sword and with the famine and with the pestilence and by the wild beasts of the earth. This fourth one is, is, is greenish. It's, uh, I, I said puke green in the first service. And somebody said, just say putrid. Don't say that. It's, it look, the, the color's not beautiful green. It's sickly looking green. It means death and ashes. And it says death and Hades are coming. Some say the death deals with the body. Hades deal with the soul. But they're coming. And what it's saying is, on this earth, there will be people killed. And by the way, if the numbers are correct, if we just took the population of the world today, when this event happens, two billion people will be killed. Two billion people will be killed. Wow. This takes place in the last three and a half years. Idol, the idol's already been put up. He's coming after him. Revelation 13, 5. Listen to this. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it to you. It says this. There was given to him, that's the Antichrist, a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months. How long is 42 months? 
three and a half years. This is the last three and a half years. And then First Thessalonians 5, 3 says, they're saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with a child, and they will not escape. That's the judgment is coming. Revelation 13, 7 says, it was given to him, the Antichrist, to make war with the believers and to overcome them. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to them. He's going to kill everybody. That's why it says for the believers to run for their lives. Unbelievers are going to have the mark of the beast. They can buy or sell. Believers will not take the mark of the beast. They won't be able to buy or sell anything. They're running for their lives. Daniel 12, 2 talks about the same thing, that the, the judgment's coming. Matthew 24, 21, we read these a while ago, says, For there will be a great tribulation. That's the second half. Such has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor never will. Then comes Jesus. We stop in here, but if we went on with all the seals, Jesus is going to come back as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I think the Revelation chapter 6 gives us the big overview. It gives us the judgment that begins on the earth. So Jesus opens the scroll. He breaks the seals. It's an overview of the tribulation. There's peace, then war, then famine, then death. Antichrist comes with all power and authority to kill, and it's going to all end when Jesus Christ comes back. Let me tell you something that's amazing, and we're going to see it in the book. The nation of Israel is going, as a people group, they're going to believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Toward the end of the tribulation, almost all the Jewish people in the world are going to believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. And when they do, they will call upon the name of the Lord. And when they call upon the name of the Lord, Jesus will come out of heaven and come to the earth and destroy the enemy and set up the kingdom. That's what's going to happen. And we're going to see it as we go through the book. We'll see it later on when we get to chapter 7, chapter 13, chapter 14. There's all kind of things in there. And we'll see them. Let me give you, just for cause of time's sake, let me give you some applications. First of all, let's understand that believers will be taken before the tribulation. If you have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life, this is not pertaining to you. This is God wanting us to know what's going to happen, but we'll be taken off the face of the earth. In John 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. When I get it ready, I'll come back and get you. And where I am, you'll be. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 says, The dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain to be caught up together with them that must meet the Lord in the air. Thus, we'll always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. One of these days, Jesus could come in any second and take us off the face of the earth. We'll be glad. Let me tell you, we'll be glad. It look, happens in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye. Uh, by the way, when it's, I, I looked at this the other day, and I had not thought about this, but when the passage says, in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, the Greek word for, for moment is the word for atom, the smallest, you know, the smallest little bitty thing. So it'll be just like that. The, we'll be gone. When Jesus comes to get us, it'll happen so fast, nobody will see it. When Jesus comes a second time, every eye will see him when he comes as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So this is for us. Understand how these uh, uh, all things fit together. And so we can 
uh, understand that we have our security, we can share it with others, and we can be thankful to God for his grace and mercy, saving us and delivering us from the wrath to come. Here's the second thing. Understand the flow of the tribulation. Well, first of all, just get the big flow. And there's, by the way, these cards are out there as well. If you want to go out the door, this card is out there, and it talks about how Jesus died and rose again. It's actually got numbers on it on the flip side of the card. gives you more information. Jesus died and rose again, sent to heaven where church age. The rapture is going to come. We'll be gone. Antichrist will make a peace pact, seven years. All those things we talked about halfway through, he claims to be God. The nation of Israel calls upon the name of the Lord. Jesus comes back as the King of kings, Lord of lords, rules for a thousand years. So understand how that flows. And then there's the uh, kind of the updated one where the tribulation begins uh, and there's peace and then there's war and there's famine. He puts his idol up, 144,000 back here. And then the great tribulation, which is the worst time it's ever happened on the face of the earth and ever will happen. And we'll see that in more details as we, as we go through it. So there's, there's a lot of stuff. And then last but not least, may we believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Now, I know almost everybody in the room, but some people I don't know. And I want you to understand, if you believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, you're saved and saved forever, and you'll be taken off the face of this earth when Jesus comes, and you won't be a part of this tribulation. If you've never believed in Jesus Christ, and you don't believe in Christ, and the rapture happens, and we're gone, you will be going through the tribulation. So my hope and prayer is that if there's any person here, right where you're sitting, you can believe that Jesus Christ gives you eternal life. That's his promise. He says that he died and rose again, and he offers to you a gift. The gift is eternal life, and it's just by faith. Whoever believes in him will never perish, but have eternal life. So right where you're sitting, you can believe in Jesus and say, Jesus, I believe you offer me eternal life. I trust in you to give me life to be with you forever.